everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Knoll Sports Podcast. My name is Jack Williams here at the Cast. I'm talking about everything going on in the Florida State um, athletics and sporting world. Um, it is currently Thursday, February 1st. And, um, you know, there's been some unfortunate news today. Um, Mike Martin has passed away um, at 79 years old. 79 years 79 old. 79 years old. Sadly, 11 days shy of his 80th birthday. Um, you know, it's very sad news. Um, FSU reported the news, I think, what time was it around, Jack? Around 3? No, 2.30? Yeah, two it o'clock. was probably around 2, two, two, two o'clock. 2 o'clock, yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, Mike Norvell, as we know, is, uh, not Mike, Mike Martin, Martin has been um, on hospice for a while, um, been dealing with dementia, and unfortunately today he lost his battle. I think um, normally we talk more about football, but today, this episode, we're going to talk a little bit, a lot more about baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, just Mike Martin, you know, um, the tributes are coming in. I think um, Jack just posted something about just some of the, like, you know, the clash reactions. Jordan Travis had a response, you know, just a, was a heart emoji, just a broken heart emoji mm-hmm. for his, you know, um, just a sad, sad day. Um, it's Mike, you know, it's, it's, we talked about this with someone else outside, like, you know, it's, you kind of knew this was day was coming, but you know the, the unfortunate disease he was battling, the um, just. But when it happens, it's a different feeling, and you cannot, you can never prepare yourself for the moment itself. You know, like you can say, "Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen." Um, you know, um, one from you know um, Mike Linger, it's, um had a long quote. Um, I'll read part of it. I'm not going to read the whole thing. You know, Mike Martin showed us all, all of us, that you can be an amazing father, grandfather, husband. And Fred while also coaching, um, world, being a world-class ba- baseball coach. Today, the world lost more than the winning as college, coach in college sports history. Lost a legendary human being, human being that was a role model in all he encountered. Then he continued, um, you know, so that was his tribute. Clemson baseball um, ex- extended its condolences to the Martin family. Miami baseball, you know, another great rivalry that we always hear about. Um, tip of the cap to one of the greatest um, baseball coaches of all time. Um, FSU baseball had one, um, you know, it's a Wake Forest baseball. So when your rivals are acknowledging your greatness, that tells a lot. Mike Norvell had one of the greatest evenings I've ever, I've had since coming to FSU was sitting in box with 11, 11 being his nickname as the jersey he wore as the head coach. Um, you know, Mike Norvell, Jim Phillips released a statement, President McCullough, Richard McCullough, um, Alfred had a, you know, we were in a meeting with him, like, you know, at 3 o'clock today, we had a meeting with him, me and Jack sat down and talked to him for about 30, 40 minutes, and um, he talked highly of him as well, had a statement released, um, Jordan Travis was put a rest in peace um, 11 with a heart emoji, Baseball America, you know, put a magazine out from, what year was that, 2019 looks like maybe, um, where he has Mike Martin and a couple players on the cover, so just... Tributes from everywhere, American Baseball Coaches Association, you know, um, dedicated 47-year lifetime member, winning his coach college baseball chief for remarkable success in the field. So just a lot of touching tributes for a, you know, great coach, a great manager, and it's um, a sad day for FSU baseball. I think exactly tomorrow will be three weeks of baseball season, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a sad day. I mean, he's a legend, just not in the F2 community, but in the college baseball community. He is the, I believe he is the winningest coach of all time in college baseball. You know, has a record of 2,029 wins, 736 losses, and in, in four, I think that's ties. 
um, which is unbelievable. Uh, 142 and 83 in postseason tournaments, 11 uh, titles from the Metro uh, Championships, which was FSU's old conference, eight ACC titles, four Metro regular season titles, nine ACC regular season t- championships as well. Um, let's see if we could... Uh, if we have his, I don't think that number's here right now. We're currently, you know, trying to pick up as many stats as I can because, I mean, man, this guy had a ton of stats. He's been, he's taken to this program to the College World Series a few times. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to get that College World Series championship win, but the amount of super regionals, regionals, World Series appearances that man brought FSU to and really just built this program up to what it was and what it's become is, you know, truly phenomenal as well. He's also had a stay in the, um, the Tallahassee community as well. He um he went to Florida State. Um he was he coached basketball too. He was a um basketball coach at Tallahassee Community College. He even coached at uh, Godby High School, which is um on the west side of Tallahassee for a bit before he got back into coaching baseball in 1975 and as an assistant and then was named the head coach in 1980. I um, think it's amazing. Like, you know, he coached basketball like imagine where he could have been he could have been a legendary basketball coach as well. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Some players they remember that played for him, I think it's kind of interesting as well. Um, I think one thing um, Jack mentioned about his accolades, if, it, if you remember correctly, um, last year Florida, it was the first year Florida State baseball missed the um, NCAA tournament. They go to the regionals. They, you know, um, that was the first time in a 44-year history. And yeah. for a good majority, Mike Martin was the head coach. So he was the reason FSU baseball was FSU baseball. You know, um, mm-hmm. I think that's something that is should not be forgotten, you know, um, some notable standouts he coached that went to play baseball. Deion Sanders, um, primetime, you know. Yeah. People, you know, he played baseball. He's remembered as a football player, but he was a great baseball player in the major leagues as well. But that started over here at Florida State. Um, J.D. Drew, Doug Minkovich, Stephen Drew, Paul Wilson, um, Buster Posey, who was honored last year. We got to see that last year. And then um, good one is obviously um, Link Jarrett, who was – Current head coach. Current head coach. Um, you know, um, it's a sad day. You know, great coach. Um, unfortunately, neither me or Jack ever got to cover him. So that was well before our time. So it's hard to speak about, like, you know, but everyone we've talked to says, you know, was a better human being than he was a coach. Everyone says that. Um, there was a um, video last week um, told uh, um, Link Jarrett, you know, has a little dedicated in the um, heritage room, the tradition room that FSU baseball has, where they have like a little spot dedicated to Mike Martin, um, just a, um, a photo of him, a chair, a couple chairs from his, I think it, uh, from his office, maybe I'm not 100% sure on that, but um, mm. just a little setup in there to honor the, um, you know, the greatest coach, not just in Florida State history, but in college baseball history. Um, so sad, sad day. Like I mentioned, you know, when your rivals start honoring you, that says a lot about you. Yeah, um, I mean, in looking at the all-time winningest coaches in college football, the, excuse me, college baseball as well, I mean, he's the only coach that's ever eclipsed 2,000 career wins. Um, he's, it doesn't, it, it's going to take a while for someone to catch up to him because everybody below this list, I think the closest guy that's still going is Georgia Tech's head coach. Danny Hall, who was at uh, 1378. Um, but I mean, and he, and the even more impressive thing about all of this too is there aren't a lot of guys that have done this with one program, specifically at this level. I mean, the only other guy I'm seeing this is uh, Stanford's head coach that was there from 1977 to 2017. He had 1627, but I mean, he did. 
He did this not just with one program, but did this at extremely high level. Uh, number two is, uh, if I mispronounce this, Augie. Garrido. Garrido. And I mean, he was at Texas from 97 to 2016, but he was at five other, four other programs before that. Um, so Martin was at Florida State for all of this. Um, he's, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable, truly, what this man has done with this program. And, and you know, there's, it's in, at FSU, really, it's, it's so interesting because you can really pinpoint a lot of these figures that have built up these athletics programs, what they are. I mean, you have to think about what they were before. I mean, I don't know how much, how really successful FSU baseball was before Mike Martin came in and really built it into the monster that was. You could say the same with Bobby Bowden and um, the the football program. We're talking about two sports at the same time. It's getting me mixed up a little bit. But um, it's truly an icon of the sport. Um, and just some of the, the things that he's done and accomplished over his career are absolutely amazing. And, um, you know, I know the FSU community is going to miss him. And, um, you know, they're, they're definitely in mourning for sure. Also, should add, I don't remember if we put this in already, but if you are looking to uh, have tributes to Martin, stuff like that, you can, at the southern gate of uh, Dick Hauser, um, they have a little... Uh, have a little like um place where you can put tributes and stuff like that. So if you want to bring flowers or notes or like anything like that, um, FSU Athletics is encouraging you to go if you want to. Um, you can do that over at the southern gate of um Hauser Stadium. Also, there is um a trip um some sort of tribute going on, some sort of um you know dedication to him that will be happening soon. It has been not been announced yet, but FSU Athletics said they will announce it as soon as possible. But um. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on right now there, but um the the thing the big thing today is um just uh people honoring Mike Martin and just everything that he accomplished at his time at Florida State and just really over his entire career. Yeah, no, it's um you know um just like I mentioned earlier, you know you kind of expected this day was going to come, but still a little um shocking when it does happen, just because you know mm-hmm. you don't expect. You, you can prepare for it, but it still hurts the same, you know. It's a major, major person, you know. Um, Mike Martin, you know, um, I think the numbers... So he passed away at 79. I think the cool thing to note is he spent 47 years as a player, assistant coach, and head coach with the program. Um, you know, stepped away after, after following the season in 2019. The um, program was handed to um, his son... As a successor, mm-hmm. um, obviously he, that didn't pan out. They brought in Link Jarrett. He's working on fixing the program, getting it back to where it should be. Um, you know, he was initially diagnosed, like looks like, with a disease in the summer of twenty twenty one. Two years into his um, retirement, so you know the fact that it's a hard disease, like you know, to deal with. Mm. He has um, survived two years after that, three years after that, really almost. Um, you know, it's just a amazing thing. You should remember the it's Mike Martin Field at Dick Hauser Stadium. Is yes. what, you know the full name. They there will be you know the world. It's FSU's world's going to slow down today because it's a major loss. It's a you know sad thing, but baseball will be played in three weeks, and I'm sure there'll be like a many many tributes to him as there should be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's, it's it's a sad day, but you know it's 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 also nice to see all the um 
the tributes are paying to him as well. And, um, you know, as things get updated about whether what is going to happen with this, you know, tribute that they're going to have or if any other news that comes out or any other tributes, um, be sure to stay with us and we will keep you guys updated with just about everything going on with um, all this. It's, you know, it's a rough, it's a tough time, but, um, you know, our job is to make sure that you guys are informed about everything. So, um, yeah, we'll make sure that um, anything that happens relating to, you know, memorials or, you know, any sort of dedications like that. We will be on top of that as well. Also, our um, our editor Jim Henry wrote a very Great. strong, very very well written um you know it's very detailed for Mike Martin um you know kind of really just de- yeah detailing his entire career um so there's I, quotes from like different years from Carol his wife um you know who was a integral part of uh, the um, community as well not just you know along with Mike um you know um there's qu- quotes from Martin on this from different years there's quotes from different players from different years so it is a very very well um thought out searched out you know um just includes like the high points of his career the low you know everything where you know when he uh there's detail about like you know Martin, a native of charlotte north carolina and carol arrived in tallahassee's newlyweds in 1964 and never left you know just great details yeah yeah you know um it's a good story um yeah he you know former center fielder for fsu so definitely check it out um like i mentioned jack has a um reaction story which we're going to update throughout the day but you know what players former coaches form whatever are saying about mike martin mm-hmm. um but we'll get that keep updating that jim henry our editor is going to have a column he said told me earlier today in the next couple of days probably for um about it as well so there's been plenty of Mike Martin coverage. Um, like I mentioned, you know, like Jack mentioned, the memorial is going on for him. So there's plenty of content going on. But um, I think that's what we have for baseball, for that baseball side. Obviously, baseball starts in three weeks. <clears throat> I was out at practice the other day. Um, we did the same thing for softball. So we'll go a little bit over the roster a little bit, you know, of um, what it looks like. Is it two weeks? Three weeks, um, the season. Is it three weeks? Two weeks? It's two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Um, we're two weeks away from the baseball season. Uh, you know, we went over the roster a little bit last week um, with softball. We'll do the same right now for baseball quickly before we dive into um, some – we have some breaking like, – we'll talk about that. It's not breaking news, but another 2025 commitment we could talk about for football, which one of our um, coworkers, another newspaper, kind of had the exclusive on, but we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, for baseball – Going through, you know, 20, the roster has 27 newcomers, 14 position players, 13 pitchers, complete roster overhaul from the worst season in program history. But starting at catcher, you know, um, McGuire Holbrook is one, the lone returner at that position. I think it was like 10 to 12 returners last year. But it's, a, it's an absurdly low number. But um, we both roster, um, McGuire Holbrook is a returner. He's going to be um, in the competition for um, the catching position, which was held on mostly by Colt Vincent last year. McGuire dealt with, like, you know, um, a transfer from, I think it was West Virginia, broke his handmate, and then had a hamstring injury. So he never got really going. 29 games, 8-3 at-bats, hit two seventeen. But they, that's someone they hope they can provide some power this year. Jackson West, who um, went to Alabama for a year, 
transferred here is someone Jack covered. So it's a local kid from um, Child's High School. Mm-hmm. Child's High School. So, you know, he had someone that he didn't have many at bats last year. I want to say he had 27 at bats last year at Alabama. Um, and then you have a couple other names in there. Um, Marco Dingas, he went to Tallahassee, Tallahassee Community College. He also had 27 at bats, I think, last year for them. And then um, Riley Jackson, a f- incoming freshman. Some of the names at catcher. Um, Link mentioned that it's an open competition there, so it could be McGuire Holbrook's job. It could be uh, it, it's me open competition, so it's me interesting to see who ends up winning that job. Mm-hmm. Moving on the infield, you know, um, Cam Smith is the main returner, the big name, you know, power hitter. Had some um, highs and lows last year. I think had a good set year. He led the team with. Um, he finished twenty twenty three. He didn't lead the team. He had 20, 12 home runs. But he struck out 66 times, so boomer bust kind of type of player. Yeah. But a ton of talent, third base. He's get, He played shortstop in high school, so it took him a little adjustment period at third base last year. I think he's got it down now. looks good. Mm-hmm. Titan Kamaka, J- um, Jude Putz, and Ben Barrett, Lance Triple, re- other returners. Um, I don't think any of those are starters in, um, this year outside of Cam Smith. He's a starting third baseman. You have Alex Adoyce, um, a sophomore transfer from North Florida. Who looks like this, he could be the starter at second or short. Drew Farrot, another kid that um, – Farrot, yeah. Farrot, sorry. Um, mm-hmm. That Jack covered at Florida High. Yeah, Florida High alum. Mm-hmm. He's a UCF transfer. He's in the competition with um, Lados at for second and short. Mm-hmm. Cal Fisher um, looks like a guy who could probably get some first base action. Um, Spencer Butt and James Hankerson are two – or sorry, Daniel Cantu is the guy who's um, the – Another um, USF transfer who's going to be at first base. Cal Fisher could be a freshman they're high on that could get some playing time. Spencer Butt and James Hankerson are two other guys. Jordan Carrion is gone. He transferred to South Carolina. Nando DeSatis graduated. He's gone. And there's a list of other people. Um, mm-hmm. One we should know is Sebastian Jimenez is on the staff as an undergraduate assistant now. So some talent there. Um, you know, some off, uh, you know, added offense, added defense. Major things they needed last year. That's one thing Link mentioned he was excited about is this team has a little more experience, can throw the ball around a little bit more, no, can so hit true. the ball a little bit more. It's, you know, that's important when you have a pitching staff that's still, we'll get to that in a second, still they don't know roles yet. Mm-hmm. For outfielders, James Tibbs and um, Jaime Ferrer and Demos Ross are all back. They're all probably in split um, starting time there. They're going to be important players. You know, um, James Tibbs was a um, the leader of the team, I think, Hit 338, 17 home runs, and 48 walks last season, which all of the team, I believe. His 471 on-base percentage ranked ninth in ACC, so very talented player. Um, Jaime Ferrer is a fun player, puts the ball in play a lot, has speed, can you know move around, doubles, triples. And then Demos Ross was their leadoff hitter as a freshman last year, so that tells you his importance. He dealt with injuries last year. Hey, surprise, surprise. That's a lot of injuries on this team. Yeah. But a lot of returning talent there. Um, you know, Fair, um, Jaime led the team with 73 hits and 22 doubles. Um, Ross dealt with some struggles. He missed, um, He ended the season on a 13-game hitting streak, started the season 11 of 26, but then injuries bookended both of that. So, Pitchers, uh, I got. I stayed last week after um, availability for a little bit of practice. Got to watch um player I'm really, um, you know, some of the, um, I'm excited to watch is Cam Leiter. Lit up, um, looked really good, hit 94, 95 constantly, had a good curveball, good change, was able to, you know, work his pitches. He looked really good. Connor Whitaker is the main returner. Uh, Andrew Armstrong, 
Joe Charles looked good in that game. Ben Barrett, freshman, who had a couple of good outings against Florida last year, um, is back. Um, but the name, the returner I was interested to see was Jaime Arnold. Um, or Jamie Arnold, sorry, not Jaime Arnold. But um, Jamie Arnold um, looked really impressive um, in his start. He hit 97 one point in the first inning, but was constantly 92 95. Mm-hmm. Has more velocity in his pitches. Um, looks like he could be, like, you know. An option in the weekends. They have some options. Cam Leiter, like you know, looks good. Like I mentioned, <clears throat> Yohal Tejada is a transfer from Florida, rival Florida. Um, Jacob Marlowe is not going to be available to start the season. <clears throat> I'll have a feature on him next week, but or um, for opening day in two weeks. But um, he is someone that he went underwent um, open heart surgery in October. Um, he's working his way back. He told me today. You know, if he can make it, his goals make it back for the season. If he can, great. If he can't, it is what it is. But um, FSU, for t- as bad as they were last year, it's kind of interesting. They had um, a bunch of guys there in the major league. Jack- Jackson Bowmeister Bo- was a comp round B pick, which is right after the second round. He went pick sixty three to the Baltimore Orioles. Wyatt Crowell went round despite having Tommy John surgery. Went the fourth round to uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Carson Montgomery, I think, was last year's Friday night pitcher, opening day pitcher, went round 11 to the San Diego Padres. Doug Kirkland signed with um, the Kansas City Royals, and then Brandon Walker transferred to FAMU, along with a bunch of other um, transfers as well. But yeah, it's a talented group. It's an interesting team. We'll see what they look like. Um, they have Fan Day on February 10th, 2020, um, 2024 Fan Day at 1 p.m. And then start the season against Butler February 16th, 17th, and 18th. I think I'll be out of town that week, so um, Jack gets to cover the open first series of the baseball season. Yes. Um, and then it's an interesting schedule. They go to a tournament to this year in Greenville, host FGCU, host New Orleans, um, host Notre Dame, you know, go to Clemson, host Louisville. They go to Wake Forest this year, which is interesting because, you know. And then you have the three-game series against Florida, which is like, you know, not three-game series, but it's like three games it's over, you know. Spread, yeah. Spread out. Mm-hmm. You um, host Miami this year. Hopefully, that's a good series. You know, that's always interesting to see how that is packed out. That's always good at Pittsburgh. So, ACC baseball tournament May twenty third to twenty eighth. But yeah, that's just going over baseball. You know, um, Jack, you got to cover team a little bit last year. Obviously, we're hoping for a little better product to watch this year. Yeah, I mean, like you said, um, you repeated what like Jared says that this team does have experience. Which is valuable, and they got the experience, you know, all in the rough ways, even though you know, getting experience is experience, you know, you have to lose in order to win. And this this team definitely learned, they had to, got a crash course in learning last year, it was rough a lot last season. Um, and hopefully, you know, there will be a bit different trend. Um, I don't think, I don't think it's going to be so sudden that we're going to see them win a crap ton of games but they could um but you know hopefully we'll start seeing them win a few more games win a few more acc series and stuff like that so it'll be exciting to get back out to uh um dick hauser um yeah. watch some games out there so it'll be a good time um with baseball starting up soon definitely and um you know since baseball softball go ahead now let's talk a little bit about um move on to softball a little bit mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> they their fan day saturday 2 p.m um, it's a scrimmage. They're going to scrimmage Friday and Saturday. Saturday's in front of fans. That's going to be the first time for a lot of players to play in front of fans. Um, mm-hmm. so it's going to be a good opportunity to have a, trying to figure out a pitching staff. We talked to um, McKenna yesterday, and she mentioned, you know, um, 
McKenna Reed, that is. Um, she's excited about the season. Um, you know, she's there's no she's excited to step into the leadership role. There's no quote um, necessarily an ace role yet because everyone's kind of just losing Catherine Sandercock is a big deal. Obviously, it's, it's a good day. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna take a little while to figure out what the team is their identity. It's a lot of young players, which is um, something Michaela Idenfield said she was excited about. Mm-hmm. She gets to be a leader on this team, gets to like you know, help get this team ready. I'm gonna have an article that's going to be out tomorrow. Key dates, um, you know, the Garden Gold scrimmage February third. John um, Graf Classic is um, February to June, Sunday, June February 11th, not June. Jesus Christ, what are we doing here, Jack? Jesus, it's just February today. <laughs> My God, <laughs> Clearwater Invitational. That's some good. Um, all four teams. I think it's all four games against top ten ranked teams. So yeah, that's gonna be fun. Yeah, that's gonna be a good time. Um, Dugout Classic. Uh, kind of some interesting here is James Sanders Classic. I talked to McKenna Reed about that. She was kind of shocked that I knew so much about Oregon, um, having lived there for three years. I, um, you know, she pitched at Jane um, Sanders Stadium in Eugene, Oregon, in the Class Six A Championship. What? Two years ago, two summers ago, so she we get to go back to she'd be two hours less than two hours from home, being nice experience for her. Once again, you play a team like number ten Washington, who was in the College World Series last year. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got another team that's um, later on. You get the Alabama Crimson Tide coming here, on March thirteenth. You know another team that's been to the World Series. Right, their 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 pitcher just graduated. Correct, their one last year. I think last year. You can't remember her name, right? No. Um, she was Hannah really, Montana Fouts. Yes, Montana Fouts. Yes, yeah, she is. She's. She's. She just. She graduated, correct? Or she's two, still there? Two years ago, she graduated. Last year, they were trying to figure out pitching, but they still made it. So. I thought she was still there. I guess not. Okay. Well, they, they still made it, like you said. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. They had. They were doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> the 2014-17 Seminoles team is being honored in the ACC opener against Duke, which is number nine in the country. Another really good ACC team. Um. In mid March, you have March twentieth. You have the Longhorns coming to town. They're number five right now. So game two. Um, and then number, I think they're number eighteen right now. Florida, you have a home and home with them on April twenty fourth and May first. Um, UNC is senior weekend twenty sixth, twenty eighth of April, and then postseason dates are in there as well. That's too early to talk about that for now, but you know, just yeah. some key dates, some interesting stuff. Keep an eye out. Um, this is gonna be a very good team. They're going to hit the ball over the place, but it's going to be a question is, are they going to be able to, you know, pitch enough, which is going to determine how far they get in the postseason because you can, you can hit your way through the season, regular season, but with the tough games they have, I think it's going to be interesting to see how much they learn early in the season because there's going to be some rough patches this year. I don't think the record's going to look as glossy as it did last year. No. But, um, you know, that's fine. All that, it doesn't matter how you start the season. It matters how you end the season. Absolutely. Um, and I think um, Lonnie's excited that the you know best pitcher in the country is no longer in the best team in the country. That is, Jordy Ball is no longer. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that that whole fact's interesting in itself as well. Just, I think it's honestly, I think it's something that's good for all situations. I mean, it's nice to see that Oklahoma's losing some some key players. Considering I think a lot of people are getting tired of Oklahoma, but granted that team is just it's just on a different level. So it's kind of Oklahoma's going to be Oklahoma. But it's also kind of cool to see that um, the Big Ten is going to get a like a star player. Considering Big Ten baseball, well, um, Big Ten softball. Excuse me, I was going to say well baseball too, but you know you don't really think of 
Big Ten is a huge softball conference. I mean, yeah, you see Northwestern and Michigan most years, um, but you know this is going to really give the conference a jump start now in getting a Jordy Ball going to Nebraska. But um, no, I mean, I think um, Lonnie was. Um, we talked about her a little bit yesterday. She said she was um, impressed by how the team is set up. Um, they think they have talent, mm-hmm. and then having a pitcher like Jordy Ball is going to carry you like deeper into postseason, anyways. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be an interesting team. Um, I mean, obviously we're not the Nebraska, but um, beat reporter, so we don't care as much. But Nebraska's gonna be a good team. That's good for college baseball. I mean, college softball, softball to spread the um, wealth a little bit and not just be one team dominant. But it's fun. My one of my favorite moments last year was going to be able to go to that the um, Oklahoma City for the first time. That's been high on my bucket list to do for a long time, so it's kind of fun. But, um, yeah, so that's softball. We'll have more um, extensive preview next week when we get uh, closer to the game. Me and Jack will spend a lot of time talking about that next week mm-hmm. as we get closer to the game. So, um, yeah. Um, you want to talk about the 2025 commitment we just found out about? Yeah. Um, this is for football. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, we're all over the place today. Um yeah, uh, my good friend, Emily Smart, on the Palm Beach Post, got a scoop out from, um, oh, God, I always mispronounce the name of this high school, so I'm just going to have the computer say it for me. Santa Luces. Santa Luces High School, which is in um, Lake Worth, which is in Palm Beach County, um, which Palm Beach has been extremely, extremely, extremely nice to FSU. They have landed another commitment, a 2025 defensive back, Kaden Gordon of Florida State. Um, has landed him. Um, uh, this is coming after Norvell landed the Choppa today at uh, Santa Lisa's High School. Um, and he said, I am 100% committed to Florida State. Um, he told um, Palm Beach Post as well. Um, I have to, a little, looks like this story's a little bit featurey, but um, I have to find stats on him. But um, yeah, just another piece to the 2025 uh, class that's getting built up right now. Is that five commitments now? I believe so. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's there's all of this talk about the 2024 class and um, what they were, all the guys coming in from there, and now 2025 class is getting built up now, too. So um, it's another big gain. Um, anytime a defensive back is committing to FSU, you know it's always a pretty, you know, a pretty sound player considering the school is, um, you know, it has a good reputation for bringing in strong defensive backs. Um so yeah, um, yeah, just another commitment to add into the start of twenty twenty five recruitment season. Yeah, no, it's been a good class already. Um, it's a cool video she got him landing too. Yeah, I got a, it. Looks like he got a nice helicopter this time. Didn't have the little the little mini one going around anymore. <laughs> this one, the one he's coming out of is pretty big, but I think you would need a big one to go from Tallahassee to uh, um all the way down to Palm Beach. I don't know if you guys see the videos of um, when Norvell is recruiting um, locally and he, he flies around in something that looks like a little um, little battery-operated battery helicopter. <laughs> but he's coming out of a bigger one here. But, yeah, no, it's just another another good addition to the class of 2025. Definitely. No, um, it's a good class. It's, a, you know, um, FSU's building um, for the future. Um, speaking of the future, we're – Hustling towards the 2024 season, you know, um, before we recorded this podcast, um, we it's been a busy day. Um, you know, um, we sat down with Michael Offord, talked a little bit about what's going to look like in the future. We'll have a story next week, probably either late, probably next week, um, detailing some of what's going on in the football stadium, some of the timelines and like, you know, 
some of the costs, what 2024 season is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be different for you guys because it's going to be um, a little messy. Is that a fair way to say? It, it, Excuse I, my construction. I, 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 think, I think things are going to be a little rearranged in order to complement the construction. Um, it's a lot. I mean, I think you guys have seen the aerial photos of what Doe Campbell looks like right now. There's a big freaking hole in the middle of the stands um a lot of it's being torn down right now and then you have the um you have the football facilities currently being built over there and then what's what's the other thing that's being built currently or is it just everything that's there's a lot going around along around the stadium right now yeah there's construction on the west end the east end the football facility um softball like you know they're not going with this, but softball just got a new deck. Yeah, Alfred um, mentioned there's gonna be some soccer, um, some construction, some additions at soccer that is gonna be visible to fans. He mentioned that there's some stuff going on in baseball. It's gonna kind of back end stuff that fans are not gonna see, mm-hmm. but it's gonna help modernize the team and the what you know. It's all about the student athlete, and that's what they're striving towards. It's obvious that they want to make sure that the experience is modernized for athletes because so they can you know play this game. And have the best experience possible. Yeah, and it's a was it five hundred million dollar investment? Is it fifty? Um, yeah, altogether a billion dollars. Campus a billion different campus athletics. And athletics. Uh, it, it was. I cannot remember the statistics specifically, but it was a, a billion dollars campus wide. Um, I think five hundred million dollars specifically on football alone, which is yeah, good. yeah. And I mean, it's been it's it's good that they're getting these renovations in. I mean, they're talking about how like. Um, it's the beams in Doe Campbell. People were asking how old they are, and they were they they, they, they the original beams of when that stadium was built. I mean, you you go in the Doke and it you it you, not to beat around the bush or anything like that, but that stadium is old. I think um, he it said is, it was seventy three years old. The beams. Yeah, it's 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 old. It's dated. It needed an update. Um, it's one of the older stadiums I've ever been in and stuff like that. And it needed a push to go into the twenty first century. So these, yes, it's going to be inconvenient for a bit. Construction will continue into the twenty twenty four season as well. Um, most people will get to get an up close look and personal look with it during the uh, showcase, which will happen in the spring season. But it's, April twenty is the rumored date that's been floating around a lot. So. You know, um, it's unfortunately I was looking at the schedule. No baseball, no softball at home that weekend. So a little interesting. Good for us for traffic wise, but you know, yeah, I mean, it, it, they're they're needed updates, and I think it will make the stadium. And I think there, there's a lot of confidence from the administration that this is going. The, the updates are going to be good and keep up with FSU's competitors, whether they be, you know, I mean, I mean, just Florida, talking from, Miami. I mean, just talking from our personal experience as well. Going on the road, you can tell that some of these programs play in really updated stadiums. Um, as well compared to FSU, um, you know, we've been to Clemson and they have a nice setup as well. Essence been a few places this year too. Um, Wake Forest, um, Florida, Boston College, Florida. Um, I was in Pitt and granted Pitt plays in a NFL stadium, but it's still an extremely nice stadium. Why doesn't FSU play in an NFL stadium? I don't get it. And, you know, one of the big things that um, – uh, Alfred brought up to us was, um, and he said this before at board of trustees meetings. Um, but a lot of this ranks in the top of the country where fans are driving more than three hours to come to games in Tallahassee, and a lot of where these people are people are coming from are professional markets, whether it be Orlando, Tampa, Miami, I think, Atlanta. Yeah, I think the number was sixty percent travel three and a half hours 60%, or more. Sixty percent, yeah, three and a, three and a half hours or more. 
Um, and it's true. I mean, um, there's some great stadiums in these bigger markets. I mean, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta is beautiful, even um, as much as it can be an inconvenience for us. Camping World is a good stadium in Orlando. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's a professional stadium in Orlando. And I think it, it's the reason that Jack's reaction was that. I said it as much of it is an inconvenience as it is to I made us. a I made a side eye face at Jack about it, that it's one. A prof- I, I, I don't think it's awful. I don't I it's, it's I was decent. so glad I I'll put it this way, I was so glad that we didn't have to cover the Pop Torch Bowl last year. It's it's a, <laughs> it's a hassle to navigate. Um and you, you could my I don't know, I've never been to Miami Stadium. I don't know how nice it is. Yeah. Um you could talk about their indoor facilities. I mean, um, I don't know what they're – after the whole crypto scandal, I don't know what that arena is called anymore. The old American Airlines Arena where the, the heat Kaisa play. Arena or whatever. Um, Amway Center in um, Orlando is pretty nice. I've been there before. Um, I've never been to State Farm Arena in Atlanta, but I'm just sitting here naming all professional arenas. Yes. They're nice. They're nice, and that is what FSU is trying to model because this is what people are used to in these areas. So, like, it makes sense why they're doing it. Yeah, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Um, you know, um, some of the modernization I think is cool. Like, um, it's gonna be easier to like you know look at FSU's history of like you know like being able. It's gonna be instead of a shrine of jerseys everywhere, it's gonna be digitized so people can swipe through it, and it's gonna be more room because you're running out of room. As they mentioned, That's the soccer true. team had so much success, you're running out of room for some of this stuff. So that's and it's great to see because you know like a lot of places and. It's hard to see, like, you know, places that just have, like, are not touchscreen, not, like, you know, set up in a way that people can just interact with it. Interactive is a key word right there. Mm-hmm. Is you know, the 21st century kind of way of doing things. So it's going to be good. There's going to be updated, um, you know, concessions. 2024 season's going to be a little rough. It's not going to be – but they're going to have good seats. They're yeah. going to have, like, you know – the capacity is going to be in the mid-50s, I think Alfred said today. Mm-hmm. But it's going to go back to the upper 60s in 2025. So yeah. it's going to be one rough season. You guys will be fine. It's worth it. In the end, you just got to be patient. Yep. There's yeah. a light at the end of the tunnel. There's, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It will be worth it. Just stay strong, everybody. You'll, you, you'll still get to watch football at the end of the day. Definitely. Um, you know, um, so this past week we've had – past two weeks – well, I guess it's, it's been two days. It's not been an entire week, has it? The past two days, Tuesday and Thursday, we had... Um, yeah, it's been two days. Oh, my God. <laughs> newcomers, newcomer availability. Um, we've gotten, you know, some players so far. Um, done a couple stories. Um, I think the interesting one was yesterday we got... Who did we get yesterday, Jack? Nobody. It was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. We didn't have anyone <laughs> yesterday, correct? Just testing you. Um, we had BJ Gibson t- was one of the players today. Um, cool and Jalen Brown, two wide receivers. They were interesting to talk to. Um, BJ Gibson, you know, talked about he's a baseball guy. He wants. He was a little sad he didn't get to play his baseball season senior season this year. Um, but you know, he signed with FSU. He was originally coming to Tennessee baseball, which you know, baseball college baseball is a premier program. So that tells you how good of a baseball player he is. Yeah, yeah. He did come in from them. Um, he wanted the option to play both. He's focused right now on spring practices, um, the tour of duty, getting used to um, the college level of baseball. So he's I'm football. So he's not going to be playing baseball this year. But he hopes after spring football to get in the cage, do some glove work, do some bat work, and um, eventually, hopefully, play next year. It's going to be a tall task. It's a lot to ask mm-hmm. of any athlete. You know, there's a reason we don't see two star sports in college anymore because football is rigorous. It's hard to pull off. Yeah. Baseball is very hard, but you know. 
the kid seems determined. He hit 472 with eight home runs, 36 runs scored, 35 RBIs in 2022 as a junior. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some famous baseball players out. I don't know if you've heard these names before. Deion Sanders played baseball and football. Jameis Winston played baseball and football. I don't know if you heard those guys, nice games before, Jack. No, I have not. Yeah, it's um, you've been living, which uh, you live under a nice rock, so it makes sense. I know it's it's a wonderful rock. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, he's six foot. You know, um, talk about the tour of duty. He said it's been. I, I love. He said the. He said it was um the the first day was pretty rough. So the, um you know then he ended up not going to lie. Um, it's the hardest thing. Definitely the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> So just, you know, to our duty, um, but he's me, a player, may or may not see the field with the talent the FSU um, receiver room this year, but it's someone that's going to be interesting, good kid, nice person to talk to. Um, we also got Jalen Brown, LSU transfer. He talked about, you know, interesting, like we've talked about this in the past, recruiting matters, but also finishing, you got, you got to finish your recruitment just because the kid says, I'm going to LSU, doesn't mean you stop recruiting him because... He didn't take a like. I think it's an interesting note. He did not take a single trip to FSU to Tallahassee after entering the portal. He sat, went home and sat with his dad. Said, "Where do we want to go?" And they said, "You know, we like Florida State in the recruiting process. Let's go to Florida State without mm-hmm. visiting." So, you know, these relationships matter. People say, "Oh, why are you recruiting this kid when he's you know already committed?" But this is why. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown's a perfect example. They got him. You know, he's a 68 overall prospect and 12th ranked receiver. In the 2023 class by 247 Sports, um, had a funny quote after DJ um, DJ Lagu committed. He said, "So DJ was um, after DJ committed. I was like, okay, I'm good at Florida State. So good kid, interesting um, talk with him. Um, then we also got TJ Ferguson, who um, is notable because he was a he was a player, offensive lineman from Alabama. He committed the January 11th." The day before McNovell signed his extension, when the world was in FSU world was in panic, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Um, he said, "Mike Novell, a simple message for him: I'm here." Mm-hmm. So um, interesting that you know that he was probably among the first players to ever know that uh, Norvell was going to stay. Yeah. So good for him, you know. Mm-hmm. Interesting kid. He's gonna factor into the like, couple of position battles, like you know, probably a guard, more so. But someone that they like a lot, talented player out of high school. I think FSU finished second in recruitment for him. We also got Malik Benson yesterday. He talked about um, another player from Alabama. FSU finished in second place, I believe, out of JUCO for him. And um, he had a good relationship with um, receivers coach Deron Dugans and coach Norvell. And it, <clears throat> when he hit the portal, he knew he wanted to come to Florida State. So another player that was recruited before and has a ton of talent could fix and in, fit into the role. Two, of, those are two of five players from um, um, the um, Alabama. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, I think Jack, you got a story yesterday about one of the players as well. Um, yeah, let me pull it up here. Uh, defensive back from Miami, uh, Devonte Brown. Um, just talked about how he he's excited to play in this environment again. Um, um, defensive back room is already extremely deep for FSU. They only had two additions of the portal. That was Earl Little from Alabama and himself. Um, 
but yeah, no, he's excited to play under the, um, you know, in the environment, Doe Campbell. And I think a lot of people had fun with that on Facebook considering he played for Miami. And last time he was here, it was an intense environment, it's an intense environment every year. But I'm um, just talking about his excitement to play on the other sideline, stuff like that. Um, Where the Garnet Gold when the, the, the um, Spears planted. Yeah. And, um, uh, so he had, he had a really impressive start to his college career for um, two seasons at UCF. Um, he kind of had a little bit of a dip when he went to Miami. Um, so the big thing is um, getting those numbers back up. He's experienced with Patrick Sertain and um, Randy Shannon. Um, in the past, uh, Sertain was uh, his head coach when he was at American Heritage. And then Shannon was the defensive coordinator when he was at UCF in his first season. So he has familiarity with it. He's looking forward to one-on-one matchups uh, when it comes to, you know, Florida State's defensive scheme and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, just another defensive um, back piece they're looking to add into the system, um, which could be exciting. No, definitely. No, it's um, have some had some talented pieces in the transfer portal. It's a team that, you know, I think we talked about last episode. I think they can contend for the college football playoffs, um, can probably go far depending on – it all depends on, like, you know, how your bracket shakes up, shakes out. But definitely should do well in the ACC. I think last week we went over the predictions for the season – um, which, you know, we had to stick with. That's what ha- It's early prediction. That's what we had to stick with forever. But, but um, Jack had an 11-1 record. I had 10-2. and two. I think Jack had... No, you went perfect in ACC again, I believe. I did? Yeah, because you had the only loss of Notre Dame at Notre Dame. So that's an out-of-conference game. I had one loss oh, to Miami. Yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, no, it's a talented team. Coming together, we're going to get more of the um, some of these players um, coming together for... Newcomer stuff, we still have, I think, what, we've had seven so far, so 21 more to go, something like that. So it's a long list. We have plenty of content um, mm-hmm. coming. Oh, yeah. Um, just trying to think. I think we've hit on everything. It's going to be a little shorter episode today. Um, Jack, where can they find us on socials? Yeah, you can find all our socials at nullsports.com, um on Facebook and Twitter says X, um, TLH Null Sports on Instagram, my personal handle on Twitter. Is uh, Jack G. Williams, SN underscore Cassum. Uh, we have a YouTube channel under Null Sports as well. You can subscribe and like stuff under there if you'd like. Um, Tallahassee.com is where you can find all of our stuff. Nullsports.com, same stuff's there as well. Um, subscribe to the Democrat. And yeah, I think I hit all the bases there for um, our publicizing all of that but yeah thank you for joining us for another episode of the no sports podcast definitely and, um, well, we didn't talk about basketball this time but we'll get more of that next week okay. um just that both teams are kind of on their week long by so um you know it's kind of just easier but um thanks for listening and um subscribe and keep listening guys we appreciate you